1: If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Paul from the podcast, Whole Lot of Wolves. He's on to help us preview this upcoming match on Friday at Craven Cottage between Fulham and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Before we go on any further, I do want to welcome Paul to the show. Paul, welcome to Cottage Talk. First of all, I just want to say this, that I love the opening to your show and I love the (laughs) title of your podcast. Yeah
0: so that's uh that's the influence of probably our most famous uh, fan Mr Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin fame so uh <laughs> we've not yet managed to to grab him as a guest but oh. uh, we're working on it we'll, we'll we'll keep going
2: well i hope you do get robert plant on that would be fantastic but what's interesting is i i did listen to your podcast it's a great podcast i do recommend foam supporters listening to whole lot of Wolves, I would highly recommend it. Give them a follow as well. So, Paul, for the next half hour, we're going to break down this match. But we're also going to get really a perspective on what's been going on with Wolves from you. Then we'll, in the second half of this show, really get down to the nitty and gritty and uh, talking about this match. But before we do that, let's just get you going by just giving me just an overview on the season so far for Wolves. I'm actually surprised where Wolves are right now at the beginning of the season. I just expected them to be in the top 10. I'm not going to lie to you. So I'm a little bit surprised. What are your thoughts about the season?
0: Our season really, the the narrative goes back to, to preseason actually that we, we, we had a good season last year and tailed off massively though towards the end. So at one stage we were, really aiming for that European position. We were one game within the top four at one point when, when we were riding at a real high, uh, it was roughly around about this time into the spring of last season, it started to go downhill and no one could really put their finger on it. Same players, same setup and everything. And the coach, uh, Bruno large kind of got the benefit of the doubt that he'd had a pretty good season. Um, it, there'd not been a ton of expenditure uh, in terms of the playing personnel, so the thought was, well, if he could do that with the the squad that he he got, what could he do with some extra players and and bulking up that squad a little? So that's what we saw uh, in, in the summer to a certain extent that it seemed to be that the the checkbook was open again, and we we had new. New players coming in, but it was a, a change of formation. Um, some of those players either didn't settle, like Gonzalo Gredes who pretty much our record signing. He's already come and gone back out on load. The, the success that that's been. Kalajnic we're, we're crying out for a, a real focal point of a, a number nine. We, we, we signed him, injured ACL within the first half of his debut. So all of that started to go wrong. It pretty much culminated with the the coach getting fired. Um, coincidentally, at the time, Julian Lepetit he'd been at Sevilla, done well. Right. He was always our uh, he he's he was the name mooted when we got to, we got brought out by Foson, that he was the coach. He was all set to take that position when we were in the championship. But the the Spanish job came calling and he took that. So it's always been a name that's been bubbling under. So the timing wise around that time, it, it seemed initially that there was too much of an overlap. That wouldn't work out. And then that got extended. We, we invested longer in a, in a caretaker coach because it became apparent that Lopetigi would be available. And that was after the World Cup so that couldn't have come at a better time for us really in terms of him having that opportunity to have a look at the bulk of the squad over an extended period in a mini preseason. and from that point on it's pretty much been a a tale of two different seasons there's there's a really good table kicking around that collates the teams who were in the bottom of the league and and how they've performed post-World Cup, I think it goes down to, to seven or eight teams who are in the bottom. And and as it stands, we're leading that. So it just shows the turnaround. We've, we've, we've jumped out from the bottom being the last place, being 20th into 16th, flirting, flirting with 15th a little. It was all looking pretty rosy uh, up until Bournemouth showed up on, uh, on Saturday and beat us 1-0 out of nowhere. The, uh, <laughs> To flute through a curveball, uh, against the most recent form, but up to that point, it's been really, really much improved.
2: What's interesting about this, and I'm not trying to pour salt on any wound, but I am going to bring up two players one's a full employer, one's a former full employer. Let's start with Paulina because Paulina was rumored to be going to Wolves, and I actually even tweeted out I thought it was a done deal. This is this summer, and Somehow Fulham with – I'm going to just give Marco Silva a lot of credit here because I think he had a serious influence on bringing him to Fulham. But he was exactly what Fulham needed. And I think in a way maybe it was a domino effect to what happened to Wolves because what's interesting is that, like I said, I listened to your podcast and now a very important player, which I was shocked to hear, could be Mario Lamina, a former Fulham player. And it just seemed that without him against Bournemouth, if I'm listening correctly, it really caused this effect where you missed him. It it caused players that you would normally be further up the pitch to have to go further back. So it just shows how important that position is because Paulina has been integral to everything Fulham have done, Paul. And in a very short period of time, it obviously, based on what I listened to, Lamina has been important to Wolves.
0: Yeah, he, Lamina in particular very much came out of the blue in that we were pretty well stocked in midfield and then his name started getting kicking kicking around speculation and we signed him uh, and we also signed another uh another central midfielder uh, Joe Gomez he came in Brazilian So it was what's the plan with all of these midfielders? Um, We get the impression that some of it is scenario planning that potentially better centre midfielders won't be here next season moving forwards. But Lamina in particular, I don't think anyone had a very clear idea of what role he would come in and take. And it was just, it's been so... Eye-opening, really, that he could come in and make such a difference, and and take a position as the, um, as a real bulldog in that centre of the park that was going around, and he won't give the other midfielders on the opposition any space quickest to the ball, and that knock-on effect was that it allows Ruben Neves to expand his game and, be, play himself further up the pitch, whereas when Lamina was out suspended on Saturday and Neves had to revert to that defensive midfielder role. He's a great defensive midfielder, but the opportunities that are presented to him are way fewer than even just playing five, ten yards higher up the pitch. So it's been a real eye-opener and a surprise that Lamina's come in and made such a difference and can be so acutely missed even after such a short period of time.
2: Oh, what's interesting, he played very well. In a very bad season for Fulton, which is called what it is, when we got relegated once again. But he was actually a bright spot. So it doesn't surprise me that he is playing well for you. Maybe that he's become that integral in such a short period of time. That's a surprise for me. I didn't see that coming. but uh, And I'm glad that he's worked out for Wolves. Uh, and best of luck to him and also for your side. So I'm glad it actually has worked out, Paul. All right. So – What's interesting about this, because I want to just talk briefly, I like to look back at the last match. Should we basically, it was so long ago, change of manager for you, Fulham are probably a a much better team than they were the first time we played. Is there anything we could take out of that first match? Wasn't it back in August? It goes so far back. So can we take anything from that?
0: I, I say no, based on the fact that it, it was such a long time ago with that different coaching setup, And even then, at the start of August, I think it was our first home game, when the transfer window still open until the end of the month, you, you could be playing a totally different team. Like, if you were playing Knott's Forest, you could have played a, a different Knott's Forest in, in August than you would do today, for example. So, I, I think that... Um, I think that does factor into it, but I also think that what we're going to be facing on Friday is is a team that's become more... Um, it has become more of a team, and it's been a surprise in a certain extent that you've done so well this season. But there, there's a, a definite dynamic to it. I don't think that was necessarily there at the start of the season. It was forming, but it's not been really until more of these games that have built up, obviously getting the World Cup break uh, over and done with and moving on from there. I think that's now is really where we are seeing the different levels of teams within the EPL and richly deserve that Fulham are in the place that they're in.
2: Well, that's great. You actually beat me to the punch. I was going to ask you your thoughts on Fulham, but I'm glad that you had mentioned this because If you have not watched Fulham, even if you watch them at the beginning of the season and you're watching them now, the way I'm always asked, well, what is the difference between Fulham? Why are they able to compete with Chelsea? Why are they able to compete with all these sides? And you just nailed it. They play as an 11. They play as a team. And now it really has come all together. Is there a lack of depth? Potentially. Potentially there's a lack of depth. But when you have a team playing all together. Even when Mitro can't play, they've found ways to win without him. They did in the last match, but they fight for each other. They play for each other. It truly is a team, Paul. And um, that's what I've watched. It sounds like that's what you've noticed as well.
0: Yeah. Like, um, really, apart from Mitrovic and and his goals, there's no major superstars or there's there's not – many Fulham players that often get linked with that big move, which is favourable sometimes because it's a team that can, that can go under the radar and exactly. I'm quite happy when, when our players are doing well, yet they're not in the national spotlight or they're not being handpicked by Chelsea to, to add to their grossly inflated squad oh. either. So I think that's, that, that's a, that works in, in a team like Fulham's favour that you can have that cohesion, but you haven't got those out and out kind of star star players that can can attract attention. Maybe that that can sometimes work negatively and they get ideas above the station and they're playing for that, their next move and instead of the team it becomes all about them. So I think having that focus and that cohesive unit works pretty well for you guys.
2: I totally agree, Paul. Thank you for sharing that. Before we really break down this match, just to focus on this a little bit i was actually on another podcast called the epl roundtable and i was on with a wolf supporter and he told me and tell me your thoughts on this that your first season back in the premier league reminds him of fulham season this season meaning that you had this wonderful season the first season back and they said after that the trick is trying to keep on to all your key players and sh- slowly but surely you started to lose some players and that is the concern moving forward would you agree with that
0: i I would do definitely i think it talks to it talks to an evolution of a team which is somewhat tricky for for clubs in in our status and i kind of bracket ourselves in that mid-tier vpl teams that often we can be the 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 pickings for, for the bigger teams and and if if we're not careful, if our scouting and succession planning isn't correct, you can you can take a key player out and it can it can really jeopardize the team moving forward. And I think one one area that we've struggled most recently and you can take it all the way back is scoring goals and at the time for us now, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it was losing Diogo Jota to Liverpool, which is that exact scenario we've just mentioned. Right. At the time, everyone was like, oh, OK, he's a bit streaky, you know. Um, So if we get 40 million for him, we, we may have a player or two that, that can come in that, that costs half of that and, and do well. And that's never happened. And that, that knock-on effect in terms of partnerships that he was able to craft Uh, especially with Raul and then Raul's injury, and he's not come back to to the player that he was. That's one that we've seen ourselves that can have such a big knock-on effect. So it's it's a definite care that our our status of clubs have to take in order to protect themselves in in
2: seasons to come. And it's interesting that you say that because I remember at the time thinking – I was curious what the reaction was from Wolves supporters when Jota went to Liverpool because I'm thinking, why would they allow this to happen? Was it just the money was too much, Paul, or was it that he just wanted to leave? Was it a combination of both? Why did that move happen? Because I was actually surprised that they let a key player go. I'm talking about Wolves.
0: Sure. I think it it was a combination of those factors that the money was, was too good to turn down. At the time, I think as a player, if you get interest from from a team like Liverpool, you, you, you're you going to look into it a little further. So I think the the opportunity f- to, for him to take that yeah. evolution in his career, I think a lot of the players we've talked about already as a part of a certain... George Mendes' stable as well. So that factors into it as well. Of and course, yeah. He's playing Game of Thrones and moving these pieces around the different stables and houses and what have you, Then that factors into it also. And, and we, in theory, we had a ready-made replacement in, in Pedro Neto that played on the left and, and was younger and had done well. Uh, but I think a little naively, people thought that he could fill Jota's boots and that sadly hasn't happened.
2: Okay, very interesting. And the Mendez factor is now he is involved with Fulham as well. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Okay, coming up next to end the show, Paul and I are going to preview the match from both clubs' perspectives. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants,
1: 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them. Honestly, if you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Okay, Paul, let's get to it. So the way I generally do it, I I look at the key players for both sides. So give me the key players for Wolves on Friday and I'll share mine for Fulham.
0: So i'm gonna start somewhat weirdly with a a center back and that's trey dawson so he was a player that came in uh in the transfer window the january window as someone that they identified that needed uh, we needed that stability in the back of an older head who had some more ring smarts about him that could really stabilize the back line and strengthen it and i think what has been more of a foundation of a Lopetegui team is to be more more structured and disciplined at the back and hope to build on that and, and get your victories with a with a strong uh, defense to start with so I think he's an important figure and it will be interesting and my questions to you in terms of plays he'll be coming up against is often has has run us ragged in the past or ran certain of our players ragged that aren't here anymore so if he's fit and he was coming up against Dawson it would have been important to to have Dawson as that wily old centre back who could probably play him a little better than what we've done previously so um, he's important to us um, I think Neves is always crucial again that that's going to probably dovetail uh, with Lamina, I think if, if Lamina starts, Neves can play that more um, more forward uh, of the midfielders and take a grip okay. of it that way. Um, but unfortunately for us, that's where the uh, that's where the positives start to <laughs> ebb away somewhat because goals have certainly been hard to come by. We've we've not settled on a a, a real fluid uh line up in terms of those players taking the attacking positions uh we, we i've got no real attacking player to say guys you've got to keep a watch out on him or he's gonna sure cause trouble because we've not we've not been in that that rain that that rich strain of form um collectively so uh on, on their day they, they can all be world beaters but we've, we've not yet seen that from the attacking players
2: Okay. And just keep this in mind. And uh, it would obviously be a positive for Wolves. Alexander Mitrovich is a doubt for this match. We've not had the pressure yet from Marco. So I'm not sure about his availability, but I would not be surprised if he does not play in this match based on what I've been hearing. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. And obviously that would help out Wolves, but if I'm even looking at key players for Fulham, I wasn't even going to go to Mitro because Fulham have now, I wouldn't say figured out how to play without him, but they can manage without him. But I think uh, for me, Paul, it really starts and ends with the um, midfield engine, the three in, in the middle, and it will be about Paulina, Reed, and then of course Pereira. That to me is where Fulham make their hay and it sets everything up. So for me, it'll be about those three. And uh, when I do talk about starting 11, it'll be interesting to see what Marco picks for his wingers because he actually has some choices. So we shall see. But that's the key players I'm going are the midfield three. So right back to you. How does Wolves win this match, my friend? I
0: I think it is winning that midfield battle because it's not going to be high scoring. We play probably better when teams are coming on to us and I think away from home at the moment, we're probably a better away team than we are at home when we have to take the initiative a little bit more. So I could see the the way I could see us winning this game is being strong at the back, uh, winning that midfield battle in terms of keeping chance creation down to a minimum and hoping we get fortunate with an opportunity on the break where we've got the likes of a Traore who can potentially exploit those types of situations maybe to, to come away with a sneaky 1-0. Okay,
2: interesting. It's funny because you kind of read my mind to how Fulham need to win this match. It is the midfield battle because I think it's going to be a back and forth. I think it could be two sides that are basically just playing off of each other. And uh, it could be a very low scoring match. It could be, it's funny who scored.com's prediction was nil, nil. So just keep that in mind. I saw that. I was like, Oh, great. But it could be that. And I think it's going to be very tight for Fulham. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, I'm going to talk about my starting 11 that will predict the match, the decision that Marco's going to go with on the wing, because I expect him to play William. Will he play William and Solomon? and mix and match each side with him, flip-flop them, or will he go with Bobby DeCadova-Reed? It's hard to drop him. So that'll be an interesting little side note to this match is what does Marco do on the wings? And then, of course, if Mitro doesn't play, does he play Bobby DeCadova-Reed up front like he did in the last match? It didn't work. Or does he go with Carlos Vinicius, which I would be in favor of? So a lot's going to for me depend on what happens with Alexander Mitrovic and we probably won't know until uh an hour before the match so let's get to it my friend let's go with what you think your manager will do with your starting 11 then I'll share mine so there's what I want
0: him to do okay and there's (laughs) what I think he'll do we away from home a couple of weeks ago we we played Liverpool away in the cup and it was a definitely dis- more of a distinct 4-4-1-1. Okay. And we, we gave Liverpool a real good game. We, sh- we should have won. At like, at I watched that allowed, match by the way. Yeah, it was a so, good game. Th- we, we looked a lot more potent in, in that type of setup than, than we have in, in a number of different games. And that was making, making the pitch wide, u- using more out-and-out traditional wingers, and then just having more of a presence up front I would like to see, with the plays that he's got at his disposal, that type of formation. But in the league, he's been pretty rigid to his 4-3-3. So I can see, I can see the back line. You, you'll get Sarin goal, Semedo right back, Dawson, Kilman, centre-backs. Then potentially, uh, it's a toss-up really between Hugo Beno and Ryan Nuri's as the left back. Uh, Centre midfield, I could see it being um, Lamina Neves and uh, Mateus Nunes. And then up front, I could probably see him keeping uh, Mateus Cunha as the more the, the focal down, down the middle forward. Um, and then probably I think Sarabia plays and Pedence. And that brings Troy or a out the starting 11 and, and back uh, to, to, to come from the bench. So that's what I think he'll go with.
2: Okay, excellent. I'm just going to share this comment from Wayne Walden. Wayne says, I have just been told that Mitro will not play against Wolves on Friday night. He did not train with the team. Again, this is just a phone support. Wayne, I don't know if you're right. Maybe you are, but that's your source. We'll see what ends up happening. I've, I've not heard. Either way, if Mitro's playing, but um, we're going to have to wait and see on that. So, But I'm going to go with the idea, Paul, that Mitro's not going to play. So I think if he does not play, this is what I think Marco's going to go with. It would be Leno. Your right back will be Canetete. Your left back will be Robinson. Your center back pairing is now settled as Reem and Diop. And then your midfield three will be what they are have been, and it'll be Paulina, Reed, and Pereira. On the left, I do think he's going to go with William, and on the right, he I believe he will go Bobby Decker Dover-Reed, and I think he'll go back to Carlos Vinicius, who actually scored the match winner against Chelsea. I think that's what he's going to go with a starting 11, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what he ends up doing. That's what I think he's going to do. Okay, my friend, let's end the show with your prediction.
0: I, I I feel really uh, cheap stealing that nil nil one, but we we're not scoring any goals. We, we have got some more more defensive stability. Um, I, I I won't take that one. I'll definitely take a point and and say there won't be a ton of goals in. But I'll go one each.
2: Okay, very good. All right, I'm tempted to go with the nil nil because I could see that happening. But I actually think the way Fulham are playing right now, and as we're talking about playing as a team, finding ways to win. And I have a lot of respect for your manager, for your side, for everything to do with Wolverhampton Wanderers. I have a lot of respect. So this is not any disrespect. This is more to do what I think Fulham have been doing lately. And uh, I'm just going to go for a 1-0. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back my team for a 1-0, but it could very easily be 0-0, or it could be your prediction, Paul. Or it could even be, you're nicking a victory. I think everything's in play, but uh, yeah. I'm going to back my team and I'm going to say 1-0. Good for you. Okay, my friend. Listen, thank you so much for joining me on the it show. Been pleasure, Russ. Before we go, please tell everyone how they can find the podcast.
0: Sure. A whole lot of walls. We're into our third season. It's across all of the main places where you get your podcasts from and we're active on the socials as well with uh, particularly on twitter which is at wlwpod and facebook so that is a whole lot of walls it's uh exclusively uh an american flavored podcast i'm i'm an expat here in houston co-host is also here in houston yep our producer is in new york and we get fans on from across the country affiliated to different supporters groups so uh yeah appreciate any uh any listens
2: I would uh, highly recommend checking it out. I listened to one of the episodes. It was great. I would highly recommend A Whole Lot of Wolves. And hopefully, Paul, at some point, Robert Plant will come on the podcast. That's my hope. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay, my friend. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. Before we go, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts to Cottage Talk. It does help other phone supporters find us. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my very special guest, Paul from Whole of Wolves, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. Now part of the TalkSport Fan Network.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms supply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans